Hello, my name is Dr Kylie Smith. I'm an environmental educator. Thank you so much for joining me today. In this program, I'm going to look briefly at the role of environmental factors in heart health. I will explore the rational basis for the Bible's teachings on the environment. And I will look at how scientific research provides support for following God's plan. To look at the biblical ideal, we need to look right back at the beginning of our world, back to creation. We find the creation story in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. And after God had created the world on the sixth day, we read about how God created people. So looking in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, we read, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here in Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 to 28, we have an overall summary of how God created people. In chapter 2, we're given more details about creation in general and God's creation of people. Looking in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, we read, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we see here that God created people out of dust or dirt. And this shows us that there is a very close connection between people and nature in God's original creation. Where did God then place these people, this man that he made? And later on, we read about how he made the first woman. Where were they placed? If we have a look in verse 8, we see that the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And so we see from this that God placed people in a garden. And science is now revealing to us the benefits of the environment in which God placed people. In fact, there is so much scientific evidence. Today, I just want to speak briefly about a few health benefits that have been linked to natural environments. So in 1877, one of my favourite authors wrote, It is restful to eye and mind to range over the scenes of nature, over forest, hill and valley, plain and river, enjoying the endless diversity of form and colour and the beauty with which trees, shrubs and flowers are grouped in nature's garden 
making it a picture of loveliness. So this quote points out that nature promotes relaxation and reduces distress. It says right at the beginning of the quote, it is restful to eye and mind. So there is a lot of peace to be found in nature according to this author. This is very important because distress is a significant factor in health conditions including heart health. And today we are hearing a lot about how much negative stress there is in our lives, especially in Western society. So how does stress negatively impact our heart? Well, one way is through adrenaline. Stress releases adrenaline, which increases our heart rate, causes blood vessels to constrict, alters the viscosity, or in other words, the thickness of our blood, as well as its clotting properties. All of these factors drive up blood pressure, increasing the risk of heart disease or stroke. And so science is now showing that the restful scenes of nature can help to alleviate negative stress. What can nature do? How can it help us? Well, some of the things that help are the sounds of nature. So flowing water and birdsong have been shown to have therapeutic benefits. Tree density and vegetated settings have been shown to elicit positive emotions. Outdoor experiences can improve calmness. They can reinvigorate and rejuvenate the mind, body and spirit. They can promote feelings of safety, opportunity, connection and pleasure. Contact with nature has been shown to reduce anger, frustration and aggression. And contact with nature also increases a sense of belonging and acceptance. So from um, this research that has been done, we see that nature in itself reduces distress. Now activity in nature confers additional benefits. We often hear about the benefits of walking for health. And if we can do that out in the fresh air, then it's um, going to obviously have health benefits that we can't obtain from working in a gym. And studies have been done specifically on gardening and it has been shown to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. So we have seen that contact with animals and plants has positive effects on health. Unfortunately though, the artificiality of the spaces in which we live has dramatically increased over the past several centuries from approximately 1750 when the Industrial Revolution began. And in highly artificial environments, we not only lose the benefits of our contact with nature, but these things that promote health are often replaced by things that actively harm health. Again, from the same author, Written in 1905, I quote, The noise and excitement and confusion of the cities, their constrained and artificial life, are most wearisome and exhausting. The air, laden with smoke and dust, with poisonous gases and with germs of disease, is a peril to life. So let's have a look at some of these pollutants that can cause problems. And as I said, this quote was written in 1905. So since 1905, there are obviously a lot more pollutants in our environment now than what there were then. We're just going to look at one example, particulate matter. 
So we're looking at environmental factors in heart health and we hear today a lot about cholesterol. Now, while diet-associated cholesterol is a risk factor for heart disease and stroke, a review published in the Journal of Thoracic Disease in 2016 reached the conclusion that air pollution is now becoming an independent risk factor for cardiovascular illness and deaths. This review that was published in the Journal of Thoracic Disease looked at a number of different studies and it concluded in part that many studies of various types suggest that particulate matter in air pollution is strongly associated with increased cardiovascular disease such as risk of heart attacks, irregular heartbeat, blood clots or blood vessel blockages leading to stroke, blood vessel dysfunction, high blood pressure, and build up of fatty materials in blood vessels, or in other words, atherosclerosis. Particulate matter can contribute to cardiovascular disease either directly because of the toxins it contains or indirectly as it can physically injure body tissues, which increases inflammation. So the signs of inflammation are redness, heat and swelling, also that causes pain. Uh, Particulate matter can also lead to increased harmful free radicals in the body. And when there are more free radicals present than can be kept in balance by the antioxidants, the free radicals can start doing damage to fatty tissue, DNA and proteins in our bodies. And so they can contribute, amongst other things, to atherosclerosis. Where do these pollutions come from? Well, there are multiple sources. Uh, Probably the biggest source is various forms of combustion. So, of course, wood and products from trees can produce these pollutants. And so in late 2019 to early 2020, we've had terrible fires in eastern Australia and the smoke from these bushfires reached unprecedented levels. And this resulted in increased particulate matter and other pollutants in the air. And during this time, the air pollution levels in Sydney, Port Macquarie and other places reached hazardous levels. And for a number of days, many days, they were the worst in the world. Significantly higher than other places well known for their air pollution, such as um, Beijing and Delhi. Okay, so it comes from combustion, from wood, from fires and things like that. Also the production and burning of fossil fuels, which is obviously an ongoing thing. And so, for instance, in the Hunter Valley, the production and burning of fossil fuels has been linked to increased rates of cancer, heart, lung, liver and kidney disease, as well as birth defects throughout the region. Also, in order to um, make space to create mines and things like that, what we often do is to remove the vegetation. And when we do that, that means that we have a loss of what we call ecosystem services. Ecosystem services are services provided by nature, such as the purification of air and water. And so because there is less vegetation to remove pollutants, the levels of pollutants obviously will be higher. So there are pollutants in the environment today and um, these things have a negative impact on heart health. The other aspect of heart health that we've looked at is distress. 
and artificial environments have been linked to distress. And so some examples of these are noise and the vibrations of machinery. Also, damage to or loss of natural environments can lead to a disease that has been called solastalgia. And this is described as the distress that is produced by environmental change impacting on people while they are directly connected to their home environment. So it's the distress of people as they see the environment in which they've been being destroyed, basically. And an example of this comes again from the hunter, from the upper hunter. So persistent drought and large-scale open-cut mining in the upper hunter were both linked to solar nostalgia in a study published in Australian Psychiatry in 2009. So from these we see that scientific evidence has clearly shown how displacement of species from their habitats has an adverse impact on their quality of life and development. So we've just looked briefly at some of the pollutants in the environment, also at artificial environments and distress. It's so sad to see these things. We can see from the biblical model of creation that we were designed to live in nature. And today, these green spaces in which we were designed to live are rapidly diminishing. We need to treasure and cultivate what still remains. How can we do this? I just want to mention three points today. The first point is to think about our reason for caring for the environment. I believe the first point in this is we need to recognize God's ownership. In Psalm chapter 24 verse 1, it says, "The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof." And so God has created the world. It still belongs to him, but he has entrusted to us a great responsibility. He has entrusted to us a responsibility of being stewards and taking good care of the earth. So when we think about God's great love for us and what he has done for us, I think that can motivate us to see how important it is to care for things that he's made that show what he is like and that are important to him. So then, from this first point, in thinking about how we recognise God's ownership, then the next point is naturally follows from that, which is to follow God's plan. And the law of Ten Commandments, which can be summarised as taking to give, is really the law of life for the universe. And we're seeing that much of the environmental destruction in the world today is due to greed, it's due to neglect of God's law and neglect of understanding of God's character and how he has planned for us to care for the environment. When we follow God's plan, that can help to care for the environment. And then the third point is, which is connected really to the second one, is to look for God's laws in nature and use these to manage our environment. So for instance, today we're violating many of the boundaries that God has placed in nature for our protection. Levels of greenhouse gases, chemicals, disruption of the nitrogen cycle and so forth are global factors in environmental degradation. By doing things like reducing use of pesticides, choosing sustainable products and so forth, we can work to preserve God's creation. So God has entrusted the earth to our care. Let's strive to be responsible stewards and show the blessings of obedience to his ways.